Benvenidos and welcome to the Platform Latino podcast where we profile, highlight, and bring to the airwaves the successes of our community and those helping us to get us there. I'm your host, Osvaldo Valdez, and I'd like to thank you for joining us and enjoy the show. Hi guys, today I want to start the episode with a personal story. In 2012, I did the Camino de Santiago, which is a 500 mile pilgrimage and hike across the north of Spain. I remember one of the days that I was walking, it was a, one of the longer legs of the trip. I was tired, fatigued, feeling down on myself and walking alone when another hiker came out of nowhere, it seemed like. And, you know, we started chatting and then when he left, he, he used the phrase animo and disappeared again and you know i had to look up what animal meant because i don't speak spanish fluently but you know i learned that it was like a, an encouragement keep going give you some energy um and but i just remember my conversation with him it just revived my and gave me my my soul so much energy and kept me pumped up and and i use that word today you know like sometimes when i'm feeling down and um, maybe it was the, the dehydration and tiredness, but it, it was almost like a spiritual like encounter because I never saw him again on the Camino. And I am telling you this story because when I spoke to our guest last week, I felt the same way after our conversation. She uplifts, motivates. She, it's like when you get a car wash and you see, realize how dirty your, your front windshield is and you can see clearly now. And that's how she leaves everybody she interacts with and encounters and talks to and to let you to grow into a better person, better version of yourself. So I'd like to introduce today's guest, Angelica Ogando, and she's an entrepreneur, peak performance coach, and all-around badass. Welcome, Angie. Oh, thank you so much for that, Osvaldo. Thank you for that introduction. What a powerful story. And we did. We had an amazing conversation last week. And uh, if you think you were motivated and you had animo after that, I had it as well. Because let me tell you, it's been people think that because you are an entrepreneur that you don't go through things. And let me tell you, today I woke up, today was one of those days where I, I woke up and I needed some animal this morning. <laughs> I needed some of that. And it's so interesting because I'm a woman of faith. So I'm going to start off with telling you that I'm a woman of faith. And last night when I went to bed, I had, I went to sleep with a heavy heart just because there's just so many things going on. I'm juggling between two different businesses. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that later, but I, I went to bed not knowing which way to go or what to do next. And I remember feeling a bit overwhelmed and I asked God, God, please show me the way. And I remember I went to sleep. I'm gonna be real transparent. This is gonna be a transparent conversation. I went to sleep crying, Osvaldo. I went to sleep crying because the heaviness and the burden, because I have a team that depends on me, was too much. And I said, God, please show me the way. I get up this morning, Osvaldo. I get up and I receive two messages. I always tell people that God answers me in threes. And I received two messages and a third of right before I got on here that were exactly the same saying, Angie, you were purposed for exactly what you're doing. Don't give up now. There's so many people who are depending. God's promises always come through in your life. You make me believe. 
And let me tell you, I heard that and I read it and I was like, okay, okay, God. Okay, I don't have time to give up. I don't have time, you know, to feel overwhelmed. I don't have time to give myself an excuse as to why I shouldn't focus on this. What I do have time is to trust and believe that nothing happens by circumstance, Osvaldo. I always say that things happen um, as a God incidence and not a coincidence. So you and I talking today is not a coincidence. So my story. <laughs> no, no, definitely. Like, I think I think the universe where I'm, I'm Christian, I'm Catholic and, you know, I'm very spiritual myself, but I also, you know, outside, you know, with the universe and manifesting stuff, I believe in that. And, you know, I, I feel like everybody has their purpose and their path and mm-hmm. God, the universe, whoever you believe in puts those people into your path to to help you achieve the, the, the unlimited potential that they have for you. totally totally i believe in that that the universe conspires the creator conspires your environment conspires to help you manifest exactly what it is that you want in your life definitely but yeah angie like um she goes by both angelica ogando and angie but um i'm gonna call her angie if she doesn't mind of course but (laughs) of course please nobody ever calls me by my government name yeah (laughs) um tell us a little bit about yourself and like where you're from your upbringing and and then you know go into what you do now sure so my name is Angelica Ogando aka Angie aka the people whisperer and I was born in the beautiful island of Dominican Republic I came here when I was six years old Osvaldo I was six when I came to the U.S. by the way I'm a twin so shout out to my twin and also co-founder of Warrior Queen Cosmetics Maria and we are the youngest of six girls. Can you imagine? We were that, oops, we didn't know we could still have kids at our age. There is a 14-year difference from the youngest of the four oldest and us. And it's interesting because when we came here, we first arrived in Newark, New Jersey. That's where we first arrived. And uh, when we came here, we were pretty much one of maybe five or six kids at our school. So we were in in, in a program called um, Basic Skills and it was for kids who come from a different country and we were inside this program and we were one of six. And I remember, I remember that I had such a challenge trying to learn um, the English language at the beginning. And I also, I also had, um, issues with integrating into the American society, Osvaldo. Um, Were you born here? You were born here, right? Yes, I was born in Florida. You were born in Florida. And so it's interesting because from the perspective of somebody who wasn't born here and comes here, you don't realize the challenges that you face trying to, first of all, learn a a new language and then secondly trying to integrate into this new environment that you're in see in Dominican Republic everybody looked like me Mm -hmm. when I came here everybody didn't look like me 
everybody looked different, but they, some of them spoke the same language that I do, right? Some of them spoke Spanish, but they didn't look like me. And so my sister and I struggled for a very long time to fit in into the places and the spaces that we were in because we first uh, came to North New Jersey, but then we moved to a town called East Orange in New Jersey. And East Orange was a predominantly African-American um, town. Mm -hmm. And so we struggled to fit in with the Latinos in Newark, but we didn't necessarily necessarily look like them. And then we struggled to fit in with the African-Americans, right, in East Orange, but we didn't, although we look like them, we didn't speak like them. Mm -hmm. And so for a very long time, I won't speak for my sister, but I struggled with the imposter syndrome. I struggled for so long because I just didn't belong in any space. And it's almost like I had to become a chameleon to try and fit in. And so we lived in East Orange for a good while. By the way, I love telling this story um, to people. I was, I was in basic skills for a very long time until the seventh grade. My sister and I was, were placed in basic skills for a very long time. Mind you, we were always testing above everybody else in our classes, which was so interesting. But it wasn't until we moved back to Newark that we didn't that we didn't realize that we were left in basic skills to meet a quota that they needed to meet to have this program for kids who come from a different country. It wasn't that we weren't smart. And that we weren't, you know, we, we weren't up to par with all the kids in our classes. By the way, this is important for me to tell this story. I'm being led to tell this story because so many parents, so many parents um, who are Latinos, who have their kids in school and their kids are, are struggling, right, and have challenges with their schoolwork. I want you to know something to everybody that's listening to this. You have to become very vigilant when it comes to your kids and what's happening uh, within uh, the programs that they are in. See, my parents didn't speak English. So for a very long time, they knew I was a straight A student, but I was in this basic skills class. And it's not to minimize kids who, who have challenges and have to be in there, but we moved to Newark and were given tests right, to see where we place within this, um, within this school. We moved back to Newark when I was in seventh grade, and I test above everybody in the school. And the teachers tell my mom, hey, why is your daughter mm -hmm. in the seventh grade? She should be skipped to the eighth grade. And my mom was like, well, what are you talking about? No, she's, she's supposed to be in the class that she's supposed to. And, and they challenge my mom, right? They bring an interpreter and they challenge my mom. They tell my mom, no, your daughter, do, do you realize that your daughter is supposed to be where she placed? She's supposed to be in the eighth grade. And they wanted to skip me and put me in the eighth grade when we started this new school. My mom said, no, I don't want her to grow up ahead of her time. I want her to grow up with the kids, you know, in her age group. And so they came to an agreement and they put me in gifted and talented. I want you to listen to this. I went from being in basic skills all the way up to the seventh grade, Ozzy, and believing that I wasn't good enough, right? Here's my imposter syndrome. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough, right? I didn't fit in, in into any group. 
And I go from being in basic skills to being placed in gifted and talented. Yeah, that, it's amazing. And I think everybody in their life, they have these um, allies, I guess, to call them that, that you know, that, those teachers that challenged your parents and said, hey, no, she's gifted. My mom was an educator for over 30 years. So I was blessed that she kept an eye on me and I wasn't, you know, shunned and put. And I had a, I didn't come from another country, but I had a similar upbringing that I never felt like I totally belonged. Yes, I was from South Florida, but I lived in a predominantly white Jewish and the Latinos there were more South American, Colombian and Venezuelan. So I was like the, the dark Cuban, <laughs> Puerto Rican kid <laughs> that, that tried to blend in. But, I, you know, some of those things I didn't click. And then in high school, I went to a predominantly African-American school and I'm mm -hmm. like, OK, well, I, I get along with everybody. I, you know, I'm a, I can. But, you know, you um, you you always take that in and, you know, who am I and where do I fit in? And, you know, imposter syndrome comes and goes. But, you know, sometimes you need that ally like you had to to really push you and nudge you in the right direction, because, you know, all being in the gifted program offers so many more advantages than, than especially that you're put into like an ESL and, you know, um, program that kind of hindered your, your performance. Right. And at that time, it wasn't even called ESL. They changed the name after the fact. It was literally called basic skills. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, it's so important, especially for Latino parents to understand that they need an ally, especially when you have children and you don't understand. And maybe maybe there are some people that are struggling right now. You really have to become an advocate for your kids. You have to become an advocate and you have to get involved because your children will grow up with so many limiting beliefs because of their challenges. And you know what? We have to embrace that everyone learns differently, Osvaldo, and everyone is uniquely made in the way that they're supposed to. And we're all meant to contribute to society in different forms. And that's the one message that I want people to understand because it was something that literally has been my identity for a long time. That imposter syndrome, you're right. It comes and it goes, but I struggled for with it for a long time. I created a program where I help people overcome imposter syndrome because of it, because it was my story. It was a story that I embraced. You know, I ended up going to, I ended up going to NJIT, a university that I absolutely love. By the way, I got both my undergraduate and my graduate degree there. And, and, and I was I initially was an engineer. By the way, I started out in STEM. I was a civil engineer for a while. Then I went from doing civil engineering to financial services. And so I, I actually was placed into this position where someone stepped down from this company and they needed someone to step into the COO position. And I was kind of thrusted into this position without really having, you know, the full understanding of what, of how to manage a business. And I ended up going back to school and getting an MBA. And so I completely pivoted from being in STEM and starting, you know, completely new 
in business. And I didn't know, you know, how to manage a business, but I ended up doing really, really well in this position. And I ended up, you know, helping the company to um, actually cross the million dollar mark in income, which was, um, which was phenomenal. And so I remember that there came a point in my life where I had to make a decision and I had to walk away from this life that I had, Ozzy. I was literally put in a position where my integrity was being challenged. If I stayed in this position, my integrity was being challenged and I ended up leaving. And when I left, right, when I left, I found myself at a crossroads, at a point where I didn't know which way to go. I didn't know whether to go left, to go right. When I made the decision to leave the position I was in, I had lost, by the way, I had a side hustle and I was uh, I was launching an online tech company. It was an online tutoring company that simulated exactly what we're using today, Zoom, right? It was supposed to be a one-on-one -on -one, um, conversation with your tutor. And I ended up losing a quarter of a million dollars in this business. And I did not know what to do. I felt, remember the imposter syndrome? It's been a running theme in my life. I felt like a fraud, Ozzy. Mm -hmm. I had lost a $250,000 investment. I was at a crossroads with my career. I had just ended um, my marriage. I didn't know what to do. And I remember feeling like I was worthless. Yeah. Here I was, I had experienced all this success, right? I had helped a company, you know, um, crossover into the million dollar mark, right, in sales. And I felt like a failure. And I felt like a failure because my tech, my tech company didn't work out. You know, um, my relationship didn't work out. And I didn't know what to do next. And this is a conversation that you and I had last week. That point in time literally changed the direction that my life was going to go into. And that's where I am today. In that moment is where I realized that my life had a purpose and it was more than being um, the CEO of, or being the wife of, or being the sister of, or the daughter of, or the friend of, that my life had a purpose and that I was here for more than just what I thought that I had been there for. So I decided that my mission was going to help women, Latino women and women of color who are in a point of transition, create a new story for their lives. That's my story. No, that, that's, that's amazing. And it's, um, it's, it's a journey that like, can be relatable to everybody, you know, maybe not pe people aren't going through a divorce, or maybe they're not losing a quarter million dollars. But everybody has their own struggles and it's how you persevere out of them and grow and pivot is, is what's important. And, you know, your story is inspiring because it shows like you had all these things mounted against you. And, and then on top of that imposter syndrome and your self-worth and, you know, not your self-worth, actual self-worth, but more the conception you had of your self-worth. Mm -hmm. And um, I just wanted to go back, like, since you studied engineering, like, why did you decide to pursue a career in financial services, which is <laughs> sounds so dull compared to engineering for me, at least. Um, 
I always get this question. People are, people always ask me, Angie, how do you go from civil engineering to financial services to coaching? Because I do business coaching and corporate training. Easy. So for the longest time, I wanted to be a civil engineer. I was fascinated with the career. And it was more so because in my family, you had three, you had three options, become a doctor, become a lawyer, or become an engineer, because most of my family members are in those fields. I look exactly like my mom's youngest brother, by the way. I am his split image. When people look at me, they think I'm his daughter. By the way, he was my inspiration. He's this very um, successful civil engineer in Dominican Republic. As a matter of fact, he was one of the, the engineers that spearheaded the, um, the, the, train, the train system, almost like the ones that we have in New York City. They, mm -hmm. did, they did it in Dominican Republic a few years ago, and he was one of the engineers. And so for the longest time, when my mom left us in Dominican Republic, when they were, you know, when, when they had to come here to the United States, those were one of the people who we were left with. And so he influenced, you know, my desire to become an engineer. I love my uncle. He is an inspiration to me. I wanted to be just like him. And so I did engineering more to um, satisfy this need that I had to, you know, make my parents proud because my mom, because I look so much like him um, in every sense of the word, my mom, there was this inherent part of her and my dad that they wanted me to be like him. And this is something that Latinos, we tend to do a lot with our kids. We place expectations on our children without allowing them to pursue other avenues of what they really should do in their lives. And so we place these and it's not to say that I wasn't a good engineer. I was a very good engineer and I loved what I did. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of projects. I, I was involved in a lot of things and I was exposed to a lot of um, different projects that I would have never been exposed to, but it wasn't my passion. Since I was young, I was always stepping into leadership roles. I was class president. I was um, I was always uh, the president of some organization, you know, in college, in high school, in grammar school. I was always in leadership roles. I was always in the stage speaking, but I'm the biggest dichotomy that you can meet, right? Because I'm an introvert at home and I am the biggest extrovert in business and with people. I'm a public speaker, but at home, I just want to be quiet and I don't want people bothering me. It's the funniest thing ever, but I was always in these roles. And so me leaving the engineering field altogether, it was a no-brainer for, for me. Mm -hmm. When I stepped into financial services, it was because of um, my ex- and his business that I had to step into it. It wasn't because I had an, another choice, but rather is, hey, I need help, can you do this? And I stepped into it because I knew it was my bridge to leave engineering and step into what I was meant to do. The thing is that once that season of my life ended and my relationship mm -hmm. ended, I knew 
I was great at financial services as well, but I wasn't stepping into my leadership position or roles. And so when I went to do coaching, because it's something that I had already been doing within the organization, it gave me the opportunity to really start speaking and motivating and inspiring. So it was a natural progression. So this is what I always tell people. Nothing is ever lost. I had to go and study engineering because I literally create blueprints, Osvaldo, for people's lives of how to get from point A to point B, how to move from that point of transition, the point that I know all too well, Ozzy, to the point of success, how to pivot from that bottom right? Because we all have a bottom where we hit rock bottom and how to create a path where it puts you towards success. Yeah, that's, it's, it's amazing. I can see the, the overlap of engineering and especially public speaking and blueprints and, you know, you engineering is just dissecting every little thing. And, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an architect. And then in high school, I'm like, I hate math, but then in college I became an accountant and it was just, but like it was, what clicked was that they said accounting was like the architecture of a business. So I'm right. like, okay, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> right. And everybody has their, their ups and downs and points of realization that, you know, they need to pivot. But one thing that you talked about was um, the expectations your parents have on you. Yeah. One huge thing. And it's one of the questions I wrote and, you know, um, just for the listeners, Angie works with like peak performance and getting to define your purpose. And um, so you can grow into the, 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 the optimal person that, that you're meant to be. But how do you yeah. like, what's one thing, you know, like your parents, they have the expectations, but it's because, oh, like your uncle did all this and so-and-so did this, you know, they're comparing you to other people that they see as a status symbol. Um, right. How do you teach clients to stop comparing themselves to other people and, you know, really absorb their own personal journey and their own mission? That is a great question, Osvaldo. Um, it begins, I always begin with a client uh, with the notion that whatever beliefs that you have, you need to get rid of them today. You need to get rid of them today. There is a great book that I require all of my clients to read before we start working together. And it's called, um, I have it right here. Because <laughs> I want to show you. It is called The Four Agreements. And it's by Don Miguel Ruiz. And this book is so great. It is so amazing because it's literally the four simple agreements that you make with yourself that you are going to live by. And one of the things that we have to realize is that we have been conditioned. We have been conditioned since we were little. Our belief systems come from our parents, which came from their parents, which came from their great-great-grandparents. We have been conditioned by society. We have been conditioned by the things that we see on TV, what we hear on the radio. And all of these conditioning beliefs are what we carry. And this is where we struggle with who we are. 
This is where we struggle with what we want to do. This is where we struggle with what our purpose is. You have to break away with every single belief that you've been taught. You have to break away with them and you have to make an agreement. You have to make an agreement to create a new system of beliefs for yourself. So I'll give you a quick story. For a very long time, I'm wearing my hair curly today, mm-hmm. very natural. For a very long time, I wore my hair straight because I was conditioned to believe that straight hair is pelo bueno and curly hair is pelo malo. But I want to understand if I was created uniquely, right? Mm-hmm. In for me, since I'm a woman of faith in God's image and God is perfect, why would my hair be considered pelo malo? Right? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not. We have been conditioned to believe in other people's standards of beauty. And I struggled with that for a long time. So my parents having an expectation of me being like my uncle, right? Just like him. It was me. There was an inherent part of me that wanted to please them. I was a people pleaser for a very long time. So if you wanted me to look a certain way, act a certain way, speak a certain way, then I would do it because I wanted to be accepted for a very long time. Remember, I was struggling from imposter syndrome when I came to the United States. I didn't fit you know, in certain groups, I didn't look like your average Latina. I didn't look, you know, um, like your your regular um, African-American person because I spoke Spanish. And so for a very long time, I was struggling to fit in. So I was just, you know, whatever people said I needed to be, that's what I was I was doing. But I stopped doing all of that, Osvaldo when I went to get therapy, because when I went to get therapy, I was struggling. By the way, there is a stigma in the Latino community that therapy uh, means that you're crazy. No, it doesn't. Therapy is an act of bravery that you decide to step into when you realize that you need help and you can no longer do it alone. I went and I got therapy and I got coaching because I was struggling. I was struggling. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what my purpose was. Emotionally, I was a wreck because I was going through so so many challenges in my life. And I remember um, in therapy and in coaching, both my therapist and my coach said, Angie, you know what your problem is? And I said, what? They said, for a very long time, you've been a chameleon and you've been um, multiple people for multiple, for multiple situations in your life, when are you going to finally step into authentically who you were meant to be? And I was like, what? What in the hell? And I remember the first act of bravery that I did in stepping into who I was, I washed my hair and I left my hair curly. And I said, I'm never going to straighten my hair again unless I decide that I want to have it straight that day because I kept it straight because other people told me que yo no era bonita with my hair curly and that I wasn't professional enough with my hair curly. Yeah. It's, so it's breaking away with the conditioning and the beliefs that other people have placed on you. Yeah, and, and it, it, it is so, you know, you have to break those bad habits, which are harder than forming <laughs> forming good habits almost and just kind of defining your yourself and and saying okay this is 
you know, I, I, I go to therapy too. And, you know, I, I coined it, I call it um, seeking optimal Aussie. That's what <laughs> I love it. And, um, and, and it is a journey and, and it is like um, soul searching and self, you know, when you're in a therapist and defining your actions and why you do certain things, mm-hmm. you know, breaking those habits and breaking away from those beliefs that you have to do that. And, and when you're talking about being a people pleaser and, you're, you're Angie with version one in this group and version two with another group. I, you know, I, I suffer from that too. It's not like anything that, you know, there's overlap of course, but you know, who, who is the real Ozzy and who is the real Angie and who's the real person that's listening. You got to define that. And I think that goes along with you working with people to find their purpose, you know, that you can supplement their therapy and their mental health and their, their goals to, to really, to really find that? Yes, of course. So this is one of the things that that we do um, in, our, in, our, in our coaching practice. One of the things that we do, and we work on this with all of our clients is we help you find your ikigai. Mm-hmm. And ikigai is a Japanese term. We didn't create it, we didn't make it up. It's a Japanese term for finding your um, moments of bliss, right? Your, your bliss, your purpose, your, that thing that gives you that overwhelming peace that, you know, I'm living in my ikigai every single day. So I'll tell you really quickly what ikigai is. Ikigai is when you find what it is that you love and you mix it with what the world needs from you then you combine it with what you can get paid for. And finally, with what you are very good at. When you know what all those things are, the point in the middle, look at it like it's a, it's their spheres. It's and like a, all a of diagram those, of four. That's right. And all those four spheres, when they combine that point in the middle where they all combine, that's your ikigai. Because your ikigai is your passion, mission, vocation, and profession. That's what it is. And that is what we are absolutely phenomenal at helping people discover through our coaching practice at Yoshida Academy. By the way, I'm co-founder of Yoshida Academy with my amazing business partner, Minwe Yoshida. And one of the things that we do is that we do one-on-one coaching with people who are looking to find their purpose and they want to fully step into it, you know, who are not afraid, who are not afraid and, and, and are saying, hey, you know what? I'm in a point in my life where I realize that there is more. My life is about more. If that's you, that's what we help you do. We help you find your guy. Yeah, that's amazing. And one of the questions, I have like two of the questions I, I, I wrote before the meeting, one um, before this interview is, one of the the concepts and you kind of defined it is the the portion of what the world needs like what what can you provide personally i think that's the hardest for myself maybe it is my imposter syndrome and you know um standing in my own way but like how do you like how do you help define that for others because like you know that's very you have to be strong in your foundation and knowing this is what i have to provide and i'm going to go out and provide it like for the world. And I think it's easier to define what you're good at or what you feel you're good at. 
but mm-hmm. that like you can't control what other people need from you. Ooh, you can't. You're absolutely correct. So listen, there's only one thing that you, Ozzy, and I, Angie, can control. Mm-hmm. And what we can control is our reactions, right? And what we do. We can't control what people do or how they react. So what the world needs from you is that thing inside of you, Ozzy, that you know without a doubt, without a doubt, that when you do this, when you do this, people say, oh my goodness, Ozzy, everybody should be experiencing that from you. What is it that you get? So I'm going to help you right now. What is it that you get most often that people tell you, Ozzy, that's what... That is what you should be doing for people. What is it? Uh, <laughs> what is it, Ozzy? I'm gonna help you right now. No, what no. Is- one thing that like um that I've been told, and it's not you know when I'm when people ask me like what adjectives describe you and personality, mm-hmm. this word never comes up. But I've been told on a few occasions, and it kind of gives me chills. Is people say you're real, like I'm really genuine and and true with people, and there's no facade. You know, I'm just freely. So like I, and you know, I've always been told I'm very sociable, social butterfly, and I get along and I can adapt and talk to any person from any community, any group from top level, you know, board of directors to, you know, the janitorial staff, like Mm -hmm. I treat all of them with the same respect and I'm true in my communication with all of them. That's Mm -hmm. what I would say off the bat, but um, I'm sure there's some more digging in there that needs to be done. Yeah, because it's too broad and it's too general. So in our sessions, we help you go deeper and we help you dig a little deeper because what the world needs from you is a question that you're going to ask others. You're going to say, hey, what do you think I'm really good at? What is it that you think that that I do specifically that helps other people that you see, because it's true. We do, we struggle with what does the world need from me? But you hit the nail on the head with some things. You just have to dig a little deeper. You said, people love when I'm genuine and they love that I'm sociable and I can connect with one person in this level and this person in the other level. Well, Ozzy, I'm gonna ask you to dig a little deeper because you said, I can connect this person at this level and this person at that level. What do you think the world needs from you with respect to that connection? I guess uh, it's funny. I wrote down like social connector, like being the bridge. (laughs) You see that? You see? Being a bridge. The world needs a bridge. That's how I would word it. The world needs a bridge. I'm a bridge. I'm a social connector. I'm writing it down. So as you can see, listeners, like, Angie, <laughs> like the, the <laughs> takes you up and gets the good stuff out. And um... that's what we do. Listen, that's how I run my coaching sessions. If you really need help and you want to find what's your ikigai, what does the world need from me? What, how can I get paid from what the world needs from me and what I'm good at and what I love to do? And I'm your girl. I can help you figure that out because that's what I do from it. That's what I do every single day. Mm-hmm. I have found my ikigai. My ikigai is to help one person a day. And I go to bed knowing that I've helped one person a day. 
especially when it's a woman. I go to bed happy. I'm like, I helped a woman today. Yes. I lived <laughs> with purpose. Yeah, that's it, right. My job is done. Yeah. No, that, yeah, it's it's it, no, it's amazing. And you gotta find that that one goal that you can accomplish every day. And you know, mine's my the the world needs a bridge and connecting people and yours is helping one, you know, woman find their purpose, you know, it's that's right. Or just in general, find um, like one thing that we've touched on and you, you know, you've gone to engineering, financial services, technology, um, coaching, you know, corporate development, you have all these passions, like just from the, like reading your story there, you have a lot of likes and, and things. So I don't know, like when defining your purpose, how do you recommend sorting out the passions and likes and kind of prior prioritizing them to say, okay, these are the ones I need to focus on. Yeah. I like these, but they're not ready yet or they're not like the primary that's so good because you know what <clears throat> this is where we struggle when it comes to purpose we'll say oh my purpose is saving whales in the arctic and i'm gonna do this for the rest of my life because it's my purpose is my passion i believe in saving these animals that are gonna become extinct soon right mm -hmm. People will say that I'm just giving you an example. People will say, that's my purpose. And then someone will say, hey, Angie, Angie, I have a business proposition for you. How about we get into um, selling? Let's get into selling plastics uh, that are going to end up in the ocean one day, you know, and we can produce these plastics. And this is just me exaggerating. We can produce these plastics, you know, at a fraction of the cost and they're going to be used, you know, for soda bottles. Hence, they're going to end up in the ocean one day. Let me ask you, Osvaldo. Should I take that business proposition? Should I do it? No, because they it, it contradicts your other passion. Oh my goodness, it's contradicting my purpose, which is mm -hmm. helping to save the whales in the Arctic that are currently being affected by overpopulation and people dumping, you know, plastics in the ocean that are ending up. By the way, you can look this on, on YouTube. I saw this the other day that contradicts my purpose mm -hmm. we tend to do this a lot when we are not clear on what we are meant to do we will have seven different avenues of things that we're doing and none of them touch mm -hmm. so i'm going to show you my example osvaldo i told you I was in a moment of transition and I had to figure out what to do. Then boom, the lights go off and it's, oh my God, I'm meant to help women. And so my purpose is helping Latino women and women of color. And this is my purpose. My business helps everybody, by the way. But my purpose is helping women step into their purpose and create new stories for their lives. Nothing I do, Osvaldo, Nothing I do is not not connected to my purpose. Everything I do is connected to my purpose. My business that, that I have, it's um, Yoshida Academy, by the way. I co-founded an academy with my business partner. Her name is, is Minue Yoshida. 
we help women on a daily basis. We help both men and women, but women, we help you um, through our programs. We have a program called Roadmap to Success that helps um, people who want to start their own businesses or who have been in business 30 years. If you need to pivot, we help you build the foundation and refocus your business. We have a program called The Confident Public Speaker where we help you tell your story and become an amazing public speaker. I am part of an organization called Bravely Rise that is for women. It's a faith-based organization that helps equip, engage, and empower women to step into purpose and tell their stories. I have a second company called Warrior Queen Cosmetics, which will be launching in June with my twin sister. And it's a makeup brand that is geared towards telling the stories of everyday women heroes that we consider to be warrior queens of the world. We're helping to tell Tell their stories through our makeup brand. So do you see nothing that I do is not related to my business. And the last thing I'm going to say, uh, um, and I can mention this now, I was just uh, named on the board of directors for the Hispanic and Latinx Leadership Council for my alma mater, NJIT, and the purpose of this particular board that was created by um, the freeholders uh, of the university is to promote and engage more Latino students to come to the university. I am sitting on that board because my mission is to get more Latino young women into STEM um, careers because I know from personal experience the struggles that I had. And I was a good engineer, but I experienced a lot, Ozzy, um, in the engineering world because I was I I tend to be one of the only one woman, the only minority woman. That was my story in the engineering field. And we need to get more women into STEM careers. So do you see how everything I do is aligned to my purpose? Definitely. And then like kind of even going back to the Ikigai, you know, everything overlaps and you need to, all your passions, all your likes and all your, your interests if they don't overlap with each other and they don't like your on your foundational purpose, then you, you can't bring them, you, you know, you shouldn't bring them into your life because that's not your, fo it's going to derail you from your focus. And that that's like kind of yours. Your foundation is helping Latina women or women of color, you know, be their, the best version of themselves and grow into to new places and all your, your just different endeavors. They kind of, you know, have that mission, you know, that that's right. They all have the same underlying mission. It's to help, um, it's to help women, uh, become better, become the best versions of themselves. You hit the nail on the head and everything does overlap. Everything is interconnected. And what I want people to understand is that when you are not clear on your purpose, on your passion, on your mission, it is so easy to fall into the trap of I'm gonna do these seven things. And what ends up happening is that you end up being unhappy you expend energy on things that you weren't called to do. 
Now I'm going back, you know, to, to uh, the religious part of me, that you were called to do something specific. You are here on this earth, on this planet with a very specific mission. And in order for you to fully um, step into it, you have to get clear on what you were meant to do. People always tell me, Angie, but I struggle with my purpose. I don't know what it is. You know, I don't know what to do. And I always say this, we weren't born knowing. What you were born with and what you were equipped with is a set of skills that you are good at. And you are going to do multiple things in your life until you figure out what you're meant to do. You have to go through the process of the doing. And we want to skip steps. We want to just know. We want to say, we want people to magically pull out, you know, a magical ball and tell us this is what you're supposed to do. No, you're meant to go through life and experience things and do multiple things. And those things are going to lead you to your purpose, to your mission. So true. Um no, and, and you, if you guys are in that state, you know, I'm, I'm, I definitely encourage reaching out to, to Angie and, you know, helping you to you, for you to define your purpose. And um, one of the other questions I had that, that kind of goes along with it is, um, and then I, I have a spinoff of that question is, you, you, you work mostly with women, but you work with both men and women. Is there anything that you've noticed in your work with the two genders or men and women that that's like a conflicting like is it easier like do, do men catch on this part easier versus women and are you know and then the other one was like the cultural differences with working with latino women versus other women of color versus white women like what are there any cultural differences between those <laughs> so um it's interesting because we have this very skewed perception that men don't struggle with the same things that we do and you do what i realize <laughs> is that men suffer from imposter syndrome from self-worth issues you suffer from the same stuff Osvaldo, that i do there is no difference it's just the way that you process and the way that you react to things are different than women do. Men are quicker to disconnect and look at things um, from, from a less emotional level than women. Um, not to say that men can't get emotional, you are, but you tend to, um, to put things into boxes right? You can compartmentalize things much quicker than women can. And so that's the only real difference. But um, I'm, I'm going to sit here and say that you struggle from the same things because I have both men and women clients. And so it's funny because I always get the same question as if there's some mystery out there. So I'm, I'm taking away all the mystique out of it. No, we all struggle from the same thing. It's just that women are more vocal than men are. And men are, women are quicker to get help and say, I need help than men do. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have to take away the stigma from men asking for help. And so for everybody that's listening, please uh, know that it is okay to ask for help. It makes you brave, in my opinion, when you do do that, whether you're a man or a woman. And so we help everybody, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, there's and nothing so wrong you, with asking. The, the, it never hurts to ask is what I 
always say. And if you need help, ask because you're not going to get it. If you, um, Lucy Pinto, who we kind of talked about earlier uh, in our interview, she said her mom used to say, um, closed mouths don't get fed. So if you don't open your mouth, you don't say that you need the help, you're never going to get help. You know, it's that's it's- right. Oh, I love that. Closed mouths don't get fed. I'm going to use that, Osvaldo. Tell Lucy I'm going to use that. Um, and then your second part to that question was, is there a difference between um, the different cultures, right, and ethnicities? Um, there are. There are differences because my struggles as a Latina, right, if I'm dealing with a Latina, tend to be a little bit different than an African-American woman and tends to be a little bit different than um, the Caucasian woman. And so where we are and the struggles that we've each faced is different. And so I'm able to switch hats from one to the other um, and sympathize and empathize with with each different person that I'm dealing with, with with where they are, what they've been through, um, and offer my perspective. So one of the things that um, people don't understand is that coaching is a do with process is not a do to process. Mm -hmm. We're not here to do anything to you. We don't magically give you a pill that's going to help you change and automatically you become successful and your mindset, you know, is already changed. No, it's a do with process where we work with you so that you stay on track and we hold you accountable to making sure you are doing the work daily to change those habits, right? It's an accountability to um, accomplish the goals that you set for yourself. And so I want people to understand that and we're all in different places in our lives so we meet you exactly where you are and we start from there that's beautiful yeah and that that's the only way you can really do it because <laughs> they have to make the changes themselves it's like when in therapy they can't just say do this and you do it you have to actually believe and want to do it right um, that's awesome and you know i want to be mindful of time and so i'm going to have some like i guess rapid fire questions Sure. <laughs> um, so, so you, you experience Ikigai and, you know, bliss and balance more than I guess a lot of other people. Um, what are some of your vices that, you know, other people may be like, oh no, I can't do that. And it could be as simple as drinking coffee, whatever that you have accepted as part of your life. And how do you manage them from getting out of control? <laughs> okay. Wow. Vices. So anybody that knows me knows that I am this health conscious person. And so I'm always trying multiple, like the new health product that come, came out. And so right now I'm doing goalie. And so that's just my thing, right? Uh, so I do, I do CMOS. I take CMOS every day. I'm doing the goalie right? I fell into the ad, guys. <laughs> I, I I am easy to persuade. I, fe- I fell into the goalie ad and they're actually really great and amazing. So I've been taking, and, and this is a free marketing for them. I've been taking them and it actually does reduce the hunger. So yeah. I'm a health food nut addict. And so the new products that come out, is my vice. I'm trying it. I'm trying <laughs> to see, is this, does this work? <laughs> that's so cool yeah some some people are just like weak to the advertising okay it's too good i have to buy <laughs> that's me i'm so gullible <laughs> definitely and then um so how do you personally recharge your batteries because you can't be running on 110 percent 
365. So, you know, this pandemic has really put a damper on how I recharge. How I recharge is going away on vacation. I need to be on a beach in the water because for me, I use the element of water to mm -hmm. let go, to renew, refresh, rebirth. And so that's where I feel the most um, the most creative. And it's, it's, it's what helps me be at peak performance. I need to be near a body of water to recharge. And so that has been a struggle during the pandemic, but I had the opportunity to go away for the Christmas holidays to Dominican Republic. And wow. that helped me because I went away for 11 days and it was amazing. I came back and I'm like, okay, I have a million new projects that I'm going to do this year. And that helped. So travel. Awesome. And we all need that, you know, that, that thing to kind of recharge ourselves and, and reset. And then the last one I would like to ask is, um, in your eyes, how do you seek excellence, speak yourself up, but also remain humble and modest? Oh, so good. <laughs> I seek excellence uh, by modeling whom I consider excellent, right? Um, people who I say, wow, these people embody what excellence is to me. But you see, I had to first define what is excellence because when we model people, we have to be very careful. We'll model every single part of their lives and they're not perfect people. So be careful who you choose as your model of excellence. Set a definition for yourself first and then find things that you admire in people that you want to model for yourself, that you want to take on. So that's the first thing. And then what do I do to stay humble? I connect with people who are struggling, right? That helps me to keep perspective that I can always go back to a place where I'm struggling. And let me tell you, I help those who don't have a voice for themselves, but because it helps to remind me every day of where I've been and how far I've come and that um, the things that God has placed in me are still going to come to pass in spite of the challenges that I may have. Wow. It's, it's, it's just like everything you say is so beautiful and philosophical and like, <laughs> but, but thank you so much um, for, for coming on um, the podcast. And I, I, I feel like there's so many gems in this interview that, that can help people. If um, any listeners are interested in working with you, Yoshida Cab Academy, finding out about your warrior queen makeup brand, like how can they connect? Sure. So please Follow Yoshida Academy on all social media platforms on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Warrior Queen Cosmetics. You can also follow us. Um, we don't have much on our social media yet, but you'll start to see the pre-launch campaign coming up. If you want to reach me directly, send me an email at Angie, A-N-G-I-E, at YoshidaAcademy.com. So you can connect with me that way. Also, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Facebook as Angelica Ogando. Send me a friend request. I always accept people and, and let me know that you listen to the, to the podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, hit subscribe and of course, follow us on IG, Facebook and all their social media platforms at 
Platform Latino. That's P-L-A-T-F-O-R-M-L-A-T-I-N-O. Thanks again and have a wonderful and inspired day. Thank you.